Hey guys, welcome to the Patriotic Preachers Podcast, the show that looks at American politics and other topics through the lens of a patriot and by the light of God's Word. I'm Micah Farr, and it's good to have you here listening to our show. I'm going to be all by myself for this recording, and uh, this is going to happen from time to time, like I've said, and I hope you guys enjoy this. I want to put out as much content as we possibly can and do so in a regular fashion. The channel is growing, and so we want to continue to uh, facilitate that growth by putting out consistent content um, throughout the weeks and so and uh, so that that's why we're doing this new format and so guys if you enjoy this new format let me know send us an email patriotic at gmail.com send us your questions your comments your concerns your advice whatever uh, if you just want to say hey to us whatever you want uh, please we, we appreciate it um, also like us on Facebook type in patriotic preachers uh, like our page, share our page. We greatly appreciate that. Also, we are now on Apple Podcasts. And so if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go to the Apple Podcast app, find us, and leave a five-star review. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, the more five-star reviews we get, uh, the more apt we are to be suggested to other people. And so please go do that and have everybody you know go leave a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate that. And so... Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do the show without those who listen. And we hope that you're getting a blessing out of it. We hope that you are growing in the areas that, that matter, you know, in your Christian walk. And maybe you, you've gained some confidence in, you know, what you believe politically. And maybe we're answering questions biblically. And, you know, we know that we're not the end-all, be-all authority on it. But me, my dad, and Cody... We, we just decided that we wanted to try to help help folks in any capacity that we could. And there's so much trash out there on the Internet. There's so many voices talking that we wanted to give um, some good voices to be out there. And so we know that we don't always get it right, but we wanted to make sure that, that there was a voice of reason in the midst of just chaos. And so we do appreciate you for listening. All those that are listening all over the United States – Looked at the analytics the other day, seen some listening from Idaho and uh, Montana and New York. And, we're, man, we're all over the United States now, and I appreciate that. I really do. It, it really, really makes me smile to see us so widespread here in the United States. And then countries like Brazil and uh, the U.K. and Canada um, – I'm glad to see that we're reaching worldwide as well. And so, guys, we do appreciate that. And to our international audience, when we talk about politics from time to time, um, you know, even though these are American politics most of the time that we're talking about, these situations a lot of times can be applied to the situations in your country and uh, whatever country you're in. And so we may we may be having missionaries that are listening to kind of keep up with what's going on. And so uh, whatever the case may be, we do appreciate you for listening. So without further ado, let's get into the topic at hand tonight. Um, I thought about several different ideas of what I wanted to speak on. Um, and I was thinking all all day, I, I was thinking, you know what? I want to talk about Gideon. Uh, Gideon's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Um, he is absolutely... Um, a a model of what you can you you can model yourself after Gideon. He's he's a he's a good 
Christian character, a good uh, godly character, rather, to model yourself after in the Bible. Uh, but I thought, you know what? Why, why start there? Why, why jump all the way to the story of Gideon when in Genesis chapter 1 we have an amazing story that we can talk about with the first judge of Israel, Othniel. And so I thought, you know what? Let's talk about Othniel tonight and we'll work our way through. Maybe we'll talk about all the judges through the book of Judges and we'll just give a, a short survey as we go through. And this episode we'll talk about Othniel and maybe the next episode we'll jump and we'll talk about uh Maybe maybe we'll just jump straight to Gideon. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Barak and Deborah. Maybe we'll talk about Ehud. Whatever the case may be, I just I feel like Judges is where we need to be. And Othniel, why skip this story? And so, if you don't know the story of Othniel, I'm going to start reading in Judges chapter number one, verse number twelve, <clears throat> and it says this: And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirjath Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksa my daughter to wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, to wife. And it came to pass, when she came to him, that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted, uh, she lighted from off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb said uh, excuse me, and Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. And so I wanted to talk about this for just a little bit. We have a story here of Othniel, well, excuse me, of Caleb putting out a challenge saying, anybody who goes and smiteth Kirjath Sefer, I will give my uh, daughter Aksa to wife. And so then Kenaz steps up, excuse me, not Kenaz, uh, Othniel steps up and says, hey, I'll do it. I'll take, uh, I'll go smite Kirjath Sefer. And so he then goes, and now he's got Aksa as his wife, and with this is given a dowry, a little piece of land. And um, we see Aksa go to Othniel and ask if he would go to Caleb, the father, go to Caleb and ask for a blessing. And we don't get the conversation, the back and forth there, but we do end up seeing that rather than Caleb excuse me, rather than Othniel, it is Aksa who goes and talks to Caleb. So there's a lot going on right here. And then she says that she wants springs of water. And um, the Bible says that Caleb gives Aksa and, uh, but gives Aksa the upper and nether springs. So let's dive into this and look at what's all going on. So first of all, we need to understand what is a Southland. Now, this isn't talking necessarily about north, south, east, west. If you look up this definition of what it means to be a Southland, it's talking about a dry land, a very desert, uh, it's a desert place, very dry, very arid, not a lot of water. And so what has happened is, Caleb has, God, I keep getting the names confused, I'm so sorry. Othniel has gone in and taken, uh, has, smite, has smitten Kirjath Sefer, and gotten Aksa to wife, but then Caleb has then also given Othniel and Aksa a south land. He gave them a dry land. He gave them a hard thing. And so Aksa understands this. She goes to Othniel and she says, hey, we have a very, very hard piece of land that has been given to us. We need to ask 
for a blessing. You need to go to the you need to go to the Father, go to Caleb and ask him for a blessing. Now there's some other things to look at. Um this story, though it is a true story, and it really happened, and it's important that when you look at the Bible, that you understand that these stories really happen, and that these people are real people. So don't get lost in the fact that these are real people with real stories, and they really lived, and these stories really happened, but we can draw spiritual uh, application from this. The interpretation is obviously that this really happened. A real person named Othniel went and took over uh, went and smoked Kirjath Sefer, and Caleb gave this piece of land and gave his daughter to Othniel to wife, and um, so on and so forth. So we know that that's the interpretation. It's important to understand that Scripture has one interpretation and only one interpretation. There's only one way that you can interpret Scripture, but there are many applications of Scripture. We can take this piece of this. We can take this story. This. Uh, piece of the Bible, and we can apply it to our lives. Even though this was a Jewish family and Jewish, a Jewish man who, who took a challenge of another Jewish man and got a wife and all that, we can take this story and we can apply it spiritually. All right, so let's now that we know what a Southland is, let's look at how, how deep this spiritual picture goes. Okay, so first of all, let's look at the definition, and I, I want to say this before I get too deep into this, it's important that you don't get too caught up in the weeds with definitions of, like, the, 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 the original definition of this particular word actually means this, and so a better word would be, look, I believe the King James Bible is the Bible, it is inspired, it is in, infallible, inerrant, it is God's Word. And so, um, when I dive in and I look into definitions of words, I don't look and I don't say, well, this would have been a better word. I believe that God has preserved His Word with the King James Bible, and so um, I don't try to make it any better, but I do like to try to understand deeper what's going on. So I look up words, it, you know, I look up the definition of an English word that might be in the Bible that I don't understand. So I would encourage you to get a Webster's 1828 dictionary and look up words as you, as you read through the Bible and you go, well, what does this particular word mean? Because there are a lot of words, a lot of English words in this Bible that I will look at and I'll go, I really don't know exactly what that means. Or maybe I want to understand deeper what it means. But sometimes it is appropriate to look up the Hebrew word for something or to look up the Greek word or the Aramaic word, depending on where you're reading in the Bible. Because um, the original texts were written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, depending on where you are in the Bible. If it's the New Testament... The New Testament was originally written in Greek. Uh, the first part of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The second part of the Old Testament was written in Aramaic after the carrying away into exile. Uh, anyway, so what I did was I looked up the definitions of these names of the characters in the story. Caleb, Othniel, and Axa. So let's start with Caleb. What does Caleb mean? Caleb means wholehearted devotion. It means a dog. This particular character is representing to us, this is a representation of God the Father. And you might say, whoa, 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 Micah, Micah, Micah. You just said that the definition of Caleb is a dog, and now you just said that this is a 
this is a picture of God the Father? What on earth are you saying? Well, understand this. I'm not saying that it's like how Jesus called the Gentile woman a dog and how it, it's, a, it's a low form and you know, you're, you're, you're just a, a, a vile, dirty dog or anything like that. This is not, it's not that, right? So let's fully understand the definition of this name. Wholehearted devotion, a dog. This, this name literally means as a dog licks a man's hand. Do you, have you ever had a dog? Just that question alone. Have you ever had a dog? But have you ever had a dog that just in spite of everything that you may have to, you, you may have to uh, chasten it, you may have to, uh, you may uh, by accident neglect it, you may, it may take off and go run around in the woods for a week and come back. But whatever the case, you, you, you leave it every single day. You, you go to work and you come back and every single day the dog is excited to see you. And it doesn't matter what you do to the dog. There are dogs that are mistreated by their owners. But all they want is that owner's affection. And it doesn't matter how you treat the dog. The dog will love. Um, and, you know, eventually a dog uh, has its breaking point. But a dog will love. And a dog will wholeheartedly devote him or herself to their master. To the point where a dog will lick your hand. And you might think, oh, that's nasty, a dog licking your hand. Well, think about your hand. How dirty is your hand? What all have you done with your hand today? I didn't even think twice about washing it. Maybe maybe not with coronavirus going on. And maybe you're better than washing your hand than some other people. You know, we think about washing our hands after we go to the bathroom, thinking about washing our hands after we touch something that we believe to be dirty. But think about after you touched a doorknob or after you've touched a gas pump or after you have picked up a Coca-Cola at Walmart that maybe 40 other people have touched. Like, we don't think about those kind of things, but our hands are filthy. But a dog loves so much and has such wholehearted devotion that he will lick the hand of a man. God is so so wholeheartedly devoted to man that in John chapter 3, verse number 16, stay with me, in John chapter 3, verse number 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did something so much deeper and so much, so much more mind-boggling than licking a man's hand. He became a man. He who knew no sin put on the form of a man and then went to the cross and became sin. On the cross, became sin so that we could be saved. He took on my sin. He took on your sin, past, present, and future, and died on the cross. That is wholehearted devotion if I've ever heard of it and so this is god the father caleb a picture of god the father and he says he that smiteth kirjath sefer and taketh taketh it to him will i give acts of my daughter to wife so let's look at the name othniel what does othniel mean othniel means god's uh power or the power of god the strength of god it means god's lion now who is god's lion who is the lion of the tribe of Judah? That is Jesus. That is God the Son. That is, again, 
God exists in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are three, yet He is one God. They, the, they, he can split himself up, but they are the God, the Holy Spirit, is just as much God as God the Son, is just as much God as God the Father. We serve a triune God, but He's one God. But Othniel represents God the Son. He is the line of God, the power of God. And so he turns around and says, Hey, I will go and I will fight. Nobody else can. Nobody else will. I'll go. Because of the prize at hand, I will give my daughter Axa to wife. Because of the prize, I'll go. Let's look at the name Axa. What does Axa mean? Axa means adorned. It means jewel. It means bursting the veil. Jesus, when he died on the cross, ripped the veil in the temple. Now understand, it's two different veils that we're talking about. We're talking about bursting the veil. It's beauty. It's 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 a jewel that bursts through the veil. I, I get that we're not talking about the veil in the temple when we talk about the name on, in, on this, but you stay with me. Because Jesus loved the church, because he died for sinners, and he loved sinners so much, he looked at, uh, he looked at man and said, that's my jewel. That's my prized possession. That is what will burst the veil, so to speak. And so, when he died on the cross, and he said, it is finished, and the veil rent in two, now there's no more sacrifice needed. He is our ultimate sacrifice. That, because he loved the church, the church is the reason why Jesus ripped that veil in two. He came and died, and that's why we no longer have to go, have to have a high priest go into the Holy of Holies every year, we can now go boldly before the throne of grace. So we look at these names, and they picture, Caleb pictures God the Father, Othniel pictures God the Son, pictures Jesus, and Axa pictures the church, pictures you and me, those who are born again, those who are part of the church. And so, the uh, then we look, we get deeper into this, and we see that Axa was given... A Southland. Axa and Othniel are given a Southland. And Axa sees that this is a dry land. This is going to be a hard task. We've got a we've got a lot of work in front of us. Now it's not it's not necessarily her fault that it's a Southland. We live in a sin cursed world. If not for a sin cursed world, this would not be a dry land. But also if not for a sin cursed world, you wouldn't have any battles to fight. If not for a sin-cursed world, it wouldn't be a hard task. You wouldn't have to work by the sweat of your brow. But it's a sin-cursed world. And so um, we all live in this sin-cursed world. And it's not necessarily, we were all born into it, but we are all part of the problem because of our sin nature. So Acts is part of the problem, but it's not necessarily her fault that this land is a dry land, that it's a, that's arid, that it's a south land. But she doesn't look at the problem. She doesn't look at this land that she's been given and say, well, I I don't like this. I want the Father to take it away. I want something better. And so she doesn't go to Othniel and say, hey, go tell the Father, go tell Caleb that I don't want this, that we need something better, that he owes me. Does he not know I'm his daughter? Does he not know what you did? That you smoke here, Jacephor? So let's put this in, 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 this pic, in this picture terms. When we get saved, 
And Jesus, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to us, and we're born again. Jesus died on the cross. And so when we're given something hard in our lives, we don't. We should not look to God and say, how dare you give me something difficult? How dare this life be hard on me, God? Do you not know who I serve? Do you not know who saved me? This is God the Son. He became sin. Who knew no sin? Do you not know what He did? You you put out you 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 said uh, in in the book of Revelation we see that that there's a there's this challenge so to speak put out to see who is holy enough who's righteous enough to open the the sealed judgments and nobody is found righteous but then the Lamb shows up the the Lamb of God Jesus Himself God Himself He is worthy enough He's holy enough so. There, there's this, you know, if we wanted to kind of put it in terms we could understand, perhaps, there, you know, people kind of looked around in heaven and said, well, hey, who can go redeem man? It was never like that. God had this plan from eternity past. But for us to understand in this particular uh, way of thinking, Jesus rose up to the challenge. He said, I'm the only one who can and I'll go. And so when we have a hard thing in our lives and we are, uh, that, that we're given, you know, for whatever the case may be, we shouldn't go to God and complain about the hard thing that we've been given. Sometimes things happen because of sin, because you have sinned directly and you need to get things right. And if you get things right, then God will remove that thing from your life. But a lot of times, Things happen in our lives because we just live in a in a broken world. We live in a sin-cursed world. Cars are going to break down because that's what machines do. People die because that's what people do. It's appointed unto a man wants to die. People get sick because that's what happens in this sin-cursed world. Not every time that something bad happens is it because God is judging a particular sin, but everything that happens that is that we would look at and we say, man, this this person's dying or this particular piece of equipment messed up or whatever the case may be, those things do happen as a result of sin, broadly speaking, but maybe not specifically one particular sin. We're all dying because of sin, for the wages of sin is death. But some people die because of a very specific sin. Some people die because it's appointed unto a man wants to die because sin has entered into the world. Um, for as by sin, for as by one man sin entered into the world and death passed upon all men, um, we're all going to die, right? Because all have sinned. And um, anyway, so back to back to the thought. So Axa doesn't say to Othniel, "Hey, go talk to the Father and tell him that I want something better." No, Axa goes to Othniel and says, "Hey, will you go talk to the Father?" And ask him for a blessing, basically, is what she says. And we don't see this particular conversation, but I would imagine that it goes that it goes something like this: that she goes to Othniel, and Othniel just says, "Why don't you go talk to him?" Basically, giving permission to Axa, because Axa is now property of Othniel. Othniel uh, is the groom. Axa is the bride, and uh, Othniel is therefore the head of the head of the, of this particular home. 
Christ is the head of the church. And so we, we can go to Jesus. He is our intermediary. He's our intercessor. He intercedes on our behalf. But we can go directly to God We can through prayer. And so when we go to Jesus and we say, hey, can you go talk to God? Can you go talk to the Father? Understand that Jesus is God, first of all. They're the same person. But second of all, you don't need an intermediary. You can go directly to the throne because of the blood of Christ. Because of the cross, we can go directly to the throne of God. So I imagine that the conversation went like this. Actually goes to Othniel and says, hey, will you go talk to, go talk to my father? And Othniel says, I got a better idea. Why don't you go talk to him? You have my permission. You go talk to him. You can go directly to him. Go boldly before him. And so she does. And look at what she asked for. In verse number 15, And said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a southland. You've given me a dry land, and I'm asking for a blessing. Give me also springs of water. She doesn't ask for the hard thing to be taken away. She asks for help with her hard thing. And she asks for springs of water. I've got a dry land. I need something to water it with. And check this out. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. Now, what what does that mean? Well, uh, real world, that means that she was given the springs that were down in the valley, as well as those spring, the nether springs, as well as those springs that are up on the mountain, the upper springs. She was given those springs that, that f- the upper springs that feed down into the valley, the nether springs. The nether springs are fed by the upper springs. The water comes down off the mountain and floods and, 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 and uh, rolls down into the valley, and you've got those still waters down in the valley. And uh, uh, Caleb gave her both. So what, what, what's, the, what's the picture here? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, we have access to both heavenly blessings and earthly blessings. Upper springs, nether springs. We have access to think, to, to good things that uh, we won't see until we get to heaven, but we also have access to blessings down here on this earth. But more practically, we have access to the ability to water this dry land that we may possess, that we can take, we can... Uh, take water from the valley from these nether springs and we can go and water our dry land but we have also been given direct access to the upper springs what that means is nobody can go and cut off the supply of water understand what i'm saying nobody can go and cut off that supply of water if you find yourself in your southland and you, and you look around and say, well, God said he gave me these springs of water, but they've dried up. God didn't turn the water off, so to speak. He didn't go uh, plug up the river. He didn't go dam it up. And the devil can't do it because it's not the devil's to go and, and have control over unless you invite him in. And it's not God's to go back and dam up. Because it's not his. He's given it to you. He's not going to renege the offer and take it back over and, and quit the flow of it. 
if you find that there is no water down in the valley, it's because you chose to go up to the to the upper springs and cut it off. You have cut off the tie to heaven. You've cut off that tie to the upper springs if there's no spring if there's no water down in the nether springs. God's doing his part. But are you doing your part? So we have been given access to directly access to the upper springs as well as the nether springs. Um, but not just that, but these upper and nether springs are things that we can't do. We, I can't create water. The best I can do, the best that I can do in and of myself is dig a ditch that I can put water in to help irrigate my Southland. That's the best that my work's going to do. But God, through faith in God and Him giving me that, that, th- those springs of water, Him giving me that help, both heavenly and earthly, uh, through the hand of men and through the, through the divine intervention of God at times, through supernatural and even, nat- and even natural occurrences, God helps water this particular Southland that I may have. God... Uh, God is continuing to give, and this is a small proof, a small evidence that salvation isn't just by grace through faith the day you get saved, but our Christian walk is by grace through faith. And the works that we do are still filthy rags if we don't do them and allow, allow Christ to work through us. If it's just me... If I'm just doing what I can do, the best I can do is dig a ditch. That's the best that I can do. But if I allow God to work through me and I allow Him to help me dig the ditch and then I allow Him to help me fill the ditch, then He can fill it with that running water. He can fill it with that uh, that life-giving water so that this Southland, this hard job that I've been given to farm and to irrigate and to sow in this dry desert place called the world, if I allow him to water it and I allow him to send those blessings, I allow him to send those earthly and heavenly, the natural and supernatural blessings, and I don't dam up those springs and I don't neglect those springs and I don't try to do it on my own, if I allow him to have that ability where Paul said it, Paul said, uh, I may have planted, Apollos may have watered, but God gave the increase. That's God's job. We can go and we can fetch water out of it. We can uh, we can water things, but the increase is always given by God. And we can't create water. We can merely move water from one place to the other. I can I can merely take the Bible and and quote it to you or expound on it. I can't create more of the Bible, but God can can speak to you in ways that I can't. I can speak merely to the ear of a man, but God can speak to the heart. So I challenge you as you walk through your life and as you look at at this thing, at at how dry the world is and how terrible. And guys, if you look, if if all you do is watch the news, it's it's terrible. It's awful. If you if all you do is watch the news, then there's no there's no hope. Right. But I'm thankful that God does not. He is not bound by what Fox News says. He's not bound by what CNN says. He's not bound by what Newsmax says. He is God, and He can do what He wants to, when He wants to. 
And if he so chooses to help help us with this hard job that we have to plow and to work this Southland called the world, this dry desert place called the lost, called the world. If, if that is our job, then we must allow God to work through us by grace, through faith, allow him to work through us so that we can accomplish the task at hand. Don't ask God to take it away. Ask God to help you with it, right? Life is hard. God never promised it was going to be easy, but he promised that he'd never leave us and he'd never forsake us. But if you don't allow him to help and you don't accept the blessing that he's trying to give, then that's not on God, that's on us, that's on you. So guys, I hope that this I hope this was a blessing to you. Um take the story, meditate on it, chew on it. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email, patrioticpreachers at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Patriotic Preachers. Uh, you can also find us individually, Micah Farr, Cody Yarber, Derek Farr, add us on Facebook. If you want to do that, that'd be fine too. Send me a, send me a direct message on Facebook, uh, however you want to do it. We'd appreciate it if you got in contact with us. Um, but I really hope that that was a blessing to you. I hope that helps you. And uh, if you would, please... Go to uh, the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, even if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you've got an iPhone, go to the Apple Podcast app and uh, leave us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, leave a five-star review on this particular episode. I think you can leave reviews on individual episodes. We'd appreciate that as well. Share the podcast with your friends, with those who you think that would get a blessing out of this. Um, guys, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about what, uh, what God is doing with the Patriotic Preachers podcast. I'm wanting it to grow. I'm wanting to be a blessing to people outside of just uh, the small circle that I have. I may never meet most of y'all that listen, but I want to be a help to you as much as I can. And I pray that I am. So before we leave, I'm going to pray and then I'll let you guys go. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take this uh, word, Lord, take your word. The Bible says that your word does not return void. God, I pray that you take your word. I pray, God, that you would uh, use uh, what was said. Lord, I pray that you would fix those things, God, that maybe I could have said better. Lord, I pray that you would make them understandable in the hearts of men. God, I can only speak to the ear, but Lord, you can speak to the heart. And I pray that this would be a blessing to somebody out there who's listening. Lord, I pray that for somebody out there that's lost, Lord, I pray you'd save them before it's too late. Uh, God, you are, you know, you're coming back very soon. The Bible says your return is imminent. And God, also, you tell us that um, we are not promised tomorrow. So, Lord, I pray if somebody is out there that's lost, I pray that they would get saved. And if they have any questions about salvation, I pray that they get in touch with us and uh, we would be able to lead them to the Lord. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you just bless this. Uh, podcast channel. Lord, help us to continue to grow. We want to uh, be a blessing to people. Lord, I pray that we not get caught up in the weeds of, of, of politics and lose out, miss out on, on the things that really matter. Though politics matters, Lord, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is the Bible. The main thing is you. The main thing is uh, with trying to win lost souls. Lord, this is 
indeed a fight. And I pray, God, that we would fight the good fight and endure as good soldiers. And, Lord, so that one day we can hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God, thank you. Lord, I pray that you'd give a good day to all those who are listening. Uh, Lord, whenever they're listening, Lord, I pray that you'd be with them. Give them a good day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Patriotic Preachers. I'm Micah Farr, and I'm out of here.